We are on the same blue and purple one that we had in 2019, but this is like the third pink one. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 183 for the week of February 20th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey Mike. Hello. In this episode, we'll be talking about how things are looking at the selection season midway mark. It's so quiet this week. I know. Oh, it's such a relief. I've been sick the past week, which you may hear in my voice as we go through this episode. So not having to deal with something like San Remo during that time was really helpful for my recovery. I just felt exhausted from the previous week. So just having something real quiet was nice. And then just like after a couple hours and then like a little bit of catch up after the fact, since all the things were happening at the same time to just be like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, it was really disorienting on Saturday, just being like, oh, I have free time. What? What do I do now? I made some pudding. It was fine. So (laughs) (laughs) even news desk wise, like everybody's sort of lining up there. We will be announcing our song on X date stuff. We can talk about that when those entries drop. Yes. Although they are all kind of coalescing around the same March 5th ish Mm -hmm. date, which is like, "Mm, we're going to end up having an episode where we have to talk about 16 songs again, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, I'll just start prepping the bracket chart now. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be that bad. But there are a lot of internals that are still floating in the ether. And please pick a day, please. Yeah, but but not but not the same days. (laughs) No, no, not not the same days, like discrete, separate days. March 8th is full. Please choose another. (laughs) Please do not tie another song to International Women's Day. We have enough. full yep sorry (laughs) okay so let's talk about this week's selections the first one is lithuania pabandum is now yo is now yo done we were spoiled for choice with this one i don't know how lithuania has managed to do it the last few years but this process really has resulted in some stellar finals i mean i think there was a clear ranking of the 10 entries but i felt like they were all deserving to be in the final even though there was like more top tier entries and more like okay this one's not going to win entries but i i didn't feel like there was a song that was out of place this was more of a live show than the last ones have been so we got a lovely interval act from monica Lou, last year's winner whose bob is growing out nicely she managed to raise more than 200,000 euro during her two-song interval. That was so cool to watch. The camera loves her. She just has the most sparkling personality. They were both delightful performances. And then just seeing that so much relief money for Ukraine was raised in a very short amount of time. Like that was like yeah. five minutes of work and over 200,000 euro. That was just fantastic. So get a girl. But yeah, she has just such magnetic presence on stage. That was lovely to see. In terms of the voting, the jury had Monica Linkite, then Ruta Moore, and then Beatrice. The public had Ruta, then Monica, then Beatrice. So Beatrice, clear third. And then we ended up in a tie situation. And in in Lithuania's case, the tie goes to the jury. So Monica Linkite is their entry this year with Stay. Just Someone like me should die. 
nice, but I kind of wish that the the tie had been in the favor of the public vote. It was really frustrating to watch Twitter at that point, because I feel like Monica's being framed as a villain here. She did nothing wrong. This is completely a process problem. The one thing in Pabandum Nauio that should be reconsidered and fixed, if you're going to have a format where it is very easy for there to be a tie, you're going to keep running into situations like this. And I completely agree. Like the public should have been the tiebreaker. This is not a new problem. Like this has been Mm -hmm. a process problem. I think the entire time that I've been following Eurovision. I think the most notorious case was back in uh, 2017 with Spain's national final. We ended up with that horrible, horrible entry of theirs. Uh, (laughs) It's disappointing, but both songs are good songs. I think Lithuania will do well. I think one thing that was frustrating for me is that just in the way Pabandum is now yo is structured is that the jury is sort of ad hoc for every week. So you had a jury this week that had not had Monica in the very top in either the previous years because it was a completely separate jury. So it kind of came out of nowhere for her to be on top this time around. I get that. I think also the fact that the semifinals were not as mixed up or like shuffled up between the heats also kind of contributed to that problem. The second semifinal was basically a redux of the second heat. So Rudamur and Monica were never in direct competition for, with each other until Saturday. Yeah, so we really kind of never knew how those were, were faring against one another. And if you look at the televote, like they were within hundreds of votes of each other. They were very close. It's not a case of one person having like 15,000 votes and then the next person having like 1,000. That's still first and second place, but it's like, no, 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 no. I think this is a justifiable choice, even from the public perspective, but it's still frustrating. And I understand that frustration. The more I listen to this song, the more I like it. Although it feels like more of a jury song, which worries me because the the semifinals are completely televote this year. I don't think Lithuania made a bad choice here. They didn't really have a bad choice in the bunch. Exactly. Exactly. I understand the disappointment that a really kind of perfect egg of an entry where stage performance, I don't think would have needed to be tweaked with Ruda's song. I think it was 100% ready to go for your vision. There's stuff that can still be tweaked with Monica's entry. And I'm excited to see what sort of changes are made. I presume she's going to be doing some of the pre-parties. And she really strikes me as someone who has a really magnetic personality. I loved mm-hmm. her performance when she was at Eurovision in 2015. So I think she'll win people over. I can see this being really compellingly staged for, for the big show. You can get some really beautiful dramatic camera work on some of these big moments in the song. Like the way that she's interacting with her backing singers and stuff. It's just like, no, this is a really sweet performance and kind of is reminding me of what Cornelia Jacobs was doing last year. So mm-hmm. I like this entry and I, I I just hope that like once the fandom calms down a little bit and actually listens to the song, yeah, like it'll it'll be it'll be fine. Every, everything's gonna be fine. The other selection that was announced this weekend came from France. They had a special on one of their Sunday evening talk shows and debuted Lazara's entry, Eve Dumont. Évidemment, elle ne sera plus jamais la même. C'est 
That entry dropped very shortly before we started recording this. So how many times were you able to listen to it before we have to start talking about it? Uh, I was able to get three listens in. in. <laughs> See, I also got three listens in. Okay. All right. So yeah. What, what are your first thoughts on this entry? I'm kind of excited that we get to talk about it because the last time France dropped info for us, I was away and they gave us that lovely press release that was just sort of like a bunch of other people's names of like, this is what this sounds like to us, which looking at their influences, do I hear Edith Piaf in this? Check. Do I get the barber comparison? check do i get celine dion i mean yeah she's quebecois sure fine we'll allow it there was something in the press release where it was very clear like we would like to continue sending what we like sending but also we saw chanel this really feels like what france goes to in their their comfort zone over a disco beat i get that i like the song like i'm i'm interested by the song yeah I, i'm in, i'm intrigued it's catchy like you could tell that the camera loves Lazara. I think this has the potential to be a very fun performance. I don't like the way that the video was staged and it's not a truly live performance and that's where my hesitation is. Like I, I if she's able to deliver this vocal live, I think it could be a lot of fun and really deliver the extra bit of charisma that I think this song needs. Uh but as a studio track, I think it works. Yeah, yeah, again it's fun. There's something about the phrasing of évidemment in the chorus that that sticks with me and sticks in your head but yeah i agree with you that this was described as a showcase performance on the official eurovision channel but it felt very studio track and i would like to know what the live vocal capabilities are showcase is a very interesting word choice there because i don't know if it was really showcasing everything that this entry has to offer I i think the entry has more going for it i guess it's an indication that it's left a very strong first impression if we're already talking about like oh it's not showcasing everything that it could be i feel like the phrase showcase performance was also used with how joker outs live performance was put on the youtube channel and that one made that entry really click for me more so than the music video did of like oh these guys have presence and yeah with with this one I'm just like okay we're, we're seeing like one side of lazara and i would like to know about further sides which is good i have been left wanting more digging into her catalog a little bit it's like okay like she she has some chops and i'm like i'm very curious about her I think France made a good choice here. I just want France to allow themselves to have fun because I feel like France just wants to be deathly serious so much of the time. I I don't read this as being deathly serious, which is kind of funny because, I mean, it starts out as sounding like a very French chanson ballad (laughs) type. (laughs) And then then that disco beat drops. And and it was funny because like when I logged onto the YouTube channel in the chat box, the uh, Eurovision channel was asking, is it going to be a ballad or a banger? And I think they gave us something that was kind of in between. And it's like, all right, that's well played there, Eurovision. In the lead up to this, for whatever reason, just because, again, France takes themselves very seriously, I have sort of that one classic tweet in my head of like, France, we're fancy. A fried ham sandwich is our national lunch. <laughs> fried ham sandwich with an egg is its wife. Oh, now I'm hungry. All right. Uh- <laughs> that is it for selections. We still have processes in Iceland is finally uh, starting up the song The Captain Machine. I watched that special introducing the artists and had not really understood much of what was going on besides just a wind machine. I did a preliminary scan of the tracks and nothing was immediately grabbing me. But I don't don't think I actually got far enough into any of them because I ended up really liking Delia's entry in Song of a Captain this week. 
Yeah, I think that was definitely the best of the bunch, and I was glad that that one got through. I was like, if this does not make it through, what are you guys doing? Bragi is the other entry that went through, which, uh, fun fact, he is also a footballer in Sweden. I, I feel like every year, like, Iceland's like, here are 10 new people. We are a small island, and you're just like, how? It's like, well, because everybody secretly has, like, three bands. The other one that went through was, like, the most Eurovision of the bunch to me. Yeah, yeah, that one felt very dated. Like, that felt like a Melfest performance. Kind of partially derogatory in, in describing that. I thought the overall field was kind of... Not really the best that Iceland has put on offer. Yeah, this is not my favorite field as a whole from them, but, like, you can't have a hottery every year. I'm planning on going into Songvikepnen, not hearing the tracks ahead of time, so I have no idea what next week has in store. Yes, uh, I will say uh, the other performance I think worth watching from this week, Celebs' song, <laughs> if only for, like, the Nick Cave sound suit <laughs> slash the big red guy from Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, that they had as, like, the special guest. <laughs> Oh, man, what was going on with that? I think the the song itself is fine. It's just not the right venue for it. If it was like 3 a.m. at Airwaves and I'm in like the, the one grubby rock club and that's happening, I'm having a great time. If I'm in like the big airplane hangar that they do Song of a Captain in, just no. I kept looking at the audience whenever they were in the shot and there was no reaction from them whatsoever throughout the performance. Like, you could just hear, like, the wall of silence that they were singing towards. More power to them for powering through, but that crowd was not receptive at all. I wasn't really receptive to it either. I caught up with Song Vikepnen after Lithuania wrapped, but I was watching Twitter while it was going on, and uh, somebody commented, oh no, that key change, that was not the key change. Oh yeah, no, no, vocally it was it was a mess. I don't think they'll be getting a wild card to the finals, so yeah, you really do want to look it up on Rove. I am also kind of going in mostly blind to to next week, and I'm interested to see if anything grabs me as much as Delia did, because like that that one was like, oh, this is fully formed, this is ready to go. Iceland's doing the Iceland thing, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then Sweden's doing the Sweden thing. They had their third heat for Melfest, which opened up with Dolly Style performing Habibi, which is like, oh, there's a throwback for you. <laughs> I liked that because it was just like a nice reminder to check, okay, so how much has the Dolly style membership timeline on Wikipedia changed since we last saw them? <laughs> I did not look that up. What, what, what was the result? I just like the periodic reminder to check it because they, they are the Menudo of Melfest, which is to say like it, it has been a full ship of Theseus situation. The lineup that appeared in 2015, no original members remain. We are on the same blue and purple one that we had in 2019, but we this is like the third pink one. It's like Power Rangers. Apologies to the constant rotation of the pink one in Dolly style. There's like a moment in the intro where one of the hosts of Melfest this year is like dressed as a green one. And my brain is just like, oh, yeah, there's a green one now. Okay, cool. Yeah. But there was a moment where like, because it's one of the hosts that like, they're still doing the choreography. The host is like walking off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) That I just died. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, oh, she doesn't know the choreo. Okay. I mean, it kind of maintains what the dynamic is probably liking that band. <laughs> like, I feel like there was a documentary about Dolly Style that happened after Habibi, where just 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 because again the line the the membership changes a lot. I do remember one time looking up Dolly Style. I can't remember what what the reason was, but whatever widget they use for keeping track of that sort of timeline wasn't working, and it was like, <laughs> no, 
somebody needs to fix this. <laughs> this is very important information because there have been a number of different members. Uh, there has been a different lineup of the group every time they have performed at Melfest. <laughs> you know what? Good for them. Like, <laughs> as long as they're all getting royalties, that's great. I somehow doubt that's the case. I feel like this is like a franchise situation. On to the main part of the show. Acts that went direct to final included Marcus and Martinus, who closed the show with their song Air. And Paul Ray, who opened the show, I don't think there were any big surprises with either of those entries. Like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. The Marcus and Martinus. It was definitely the teeny popper set. Like there was just so much screeching in the crowd throughout the performance. <laughs> it's like the song is fine. Yeah. And then Paul Ray, I'm like, I was watching a performance like this is my favorite Paul Ray song. No, but like consistent work. <laughs> I don't know. This feels like damning with faint praise, but it's Melfest. It's Royals. If you've never heard the Lord song Royals. So yeah, yeah I think that that was it. But I mean, if you told me to guess who was going to advance ahead of time, those two would have been my guess is my eye on on laurel just because she's co-written a lot of eurovision stuff like there was one year i think she had three songs in the same eurovision that she had co-write on was that 2019 yeah she yeah she was she got me and two other things but yeah like she co-writes a lot of eurovision stuff sadly sober did not make it through but another prolific eurovision songwriter melanie webby got through to the semi-final as did the group nordman i thought both of their songs were fine like i'm not really surprised by any of these results there hasn't been a moment this melfest yet like i had with cornelia jacobs last year of like oh this is a breath of fresh air and should win and i don't know if that's a case of that song just hasn't appeared yet or if we need to get excited by what has advanced so far um yeah i, I know everybody's really nervous that melfest just isn't melfesting uh mel manifesting i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah like what do we want Melfest to do? Maybe the answer will happen next week. Mariette will be making her fifth attempt to represent Sweden. I'm excited about that. Mariette is one of my favorite performers at Melfest. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of her songs are in my like top selection season all time favorites list. She yeah, but so she does good work. I think she's been on like the the jury that Sweden sent to Eurovision a couple of times. Axel Schilström, who was in Melfest in 2017, is also a Swedish Idol alum. He'll be competing. And then somebody named Loreen is closing out the show. Are you familiar with her at all? Um, Are you sure it's not pronounced Lauren? Maybe. Maybe. We'll we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, people seem really excited about her. Yeah. yeah, Excited to see what the hype's about. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, her song is called Tattoo. And I'm sure we'll be hearing about it in great detail in the coming week. People seem to be pretty euphoric about it. I'm I'm, yeah. So Sweden's just kind of bopping along uh with the bops so Mm -hmm. it's was pretty quiet this weekend but next weekend's gonna be busy yeah yeah, a little bit busier in in addition to another round of iceland and another round of sweden finland will be having umk the broadcast behind that is always crazy me because like there's gonna have commentary in eight languages including ukrainian and sign language they keep expanding their language offerings like they are really trying to make it a almost worldwide event and Mm -hmm. it really should be like umk has been awesome the last several years yes they they do very good work it's also going to be airing on spain's 10 tv and netherlands is out tv they've got the 25 percent jury 75 percent televote split again which again we've been talking about this is an all televote semifinal this year so like that's the way to go what do the people want i don't think they have any major ringers 
in their lineup the way that they've had the last couple of years. It's not going to be like a Rasmus situation <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's 75% televote, but you get 90% of the points because you're famous. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it should be a good contest. The lineup is pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. And then San Marino is getting up to all sorts of things this week. It's Una Voce per San Marino week. Over the course of the fall, and I think up until last week, they were having auditions and they had more than a thousand entries from 31 countries that they have managed to whittle down to 106 semifinalists. I, I kept checking my mail and never, I never got my summons for Una Voce per San Marino duty. So the semifinals, they actually started on Monday. They're airing each night this week. Monday through Thursday is going to be probably like 20 or so contestants auditioning and getting told either they're going directly to Saturday's final or to a second chance round that'll be happening on Friday. Friday's show is also going to to include contestants that are from San Marino, just so that they can have like a little bit like <laughs> homegrown patients. Like we should try to make sure that the, the voice for San Marino is maybe from San Marino. Yeah, by Friday, we will know who all of the contestants are, and then the show will be happening on Saturday. There's no public vote. Like This is really just watching an internal selection, the most elaborate internal selection out there. But if you do want to see the show live, tickets are still available, uh, which kind of surprised me. And they're only like 44 euro. Uh, a piece, which seems pretty reasonable. So if you're willing to make the trip out to San Marino, you may have something to do on Saturday. Also happening on Saturday will be Portugal's Festival de Cansao. The first semifinal will be kicking off. There's going to be 10 songs in each semifinal per usual. Five of the songs are going to advance based on a combination of jury and public vote. And this year, they are also adding in a wild card where after the first five advancers are announced, they're going to open up voting again, and a sixth person will also move on to the final based on that second public vote. So the final is expected to have 12 contestants. It should be a pretty good show. Like Portugal's really been solid the last few years. One of the contestants in this coming week is Claudia Pascal, who was the host entry when Portugal was hosting in 2018. Very eager to hear what she has on offer. Yeah, and then news dropped this week that to be a certain I Europe, the Bier Amehitne na Irozie, or you know, the Polish selection, is back, baby. Uh, yeah, they have 10 acts competing, but that might be 11. There's like a whole weird wildcard situation happening in the mix. Alicia, who was supposed to be the 2020 representative for Poland. Unlike all of our Saturday finals, this one's happening on a Sunday, and that kicks off at 1730 Central European time, which is around, I want to say, like 1030 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, something like that. It's an early one, which is just like, oh, yeah, I guess Poland does typically do that. It's just it really throws off my schedule. But it's nice to like split things off. We do, we do love a final that is not on Saturday. We love a final not on a Saturday. On the other hand, I remember it being very difficult to watch Poland's selection process last year. So that, that is likely the case this year as well. So best of luck. Maybe it'll be on YouTube. It, it seems like the broadcasters are playing nicer in mm-hmm. recent years, but we'll, we'll see. Looking at where we are now in selection season, with France dropping we're close to the halfway point like i think france was number 17 of the 37 songs that'll be going to liverpool so 
I thought it might be a good idea just to kind of get a status check, vibe check on how you think selection season's going. This this feels like it's been like a weird year for choices to me. Feels like a lot of spaghetti is getting thrown at the wall. Like, what do we want in 2023 as our Eurovision winner? I feel like everybody is picking jury songs when it's not a jury semifinal year. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm a little frustrated right now with how the fandom is responding to things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like that with, too. Yeah, like with Lithuania in particular, like it, that kind of pushed me over the edge where it's just like every like, every reaction is hyperbolic at this point. Mm-hmm. And like everybody was sounding like comic book guy yesterday where it's like, oh, this is going to be the worst Eurovision ever because this song didn't make it through. And it's just like, OK, like if, if you're from Lithuania and you're not happy with this result, you have standing to be upset about it. But if you're not, like, it's like, OK, like this is this is Lithuania's process. Let Lithuania do its thing it's just getting a little tiring yeah yeah like the yeah the fandom has been a little frustrating these last couple weeks waiting for the france video to start today uh like they always have the comments thing kind of scrolling by next to the youtube video i immediately clicked pop out minimize i don't need that noise i do not need anybody's reaction (laughs) anytime there's like a a live youtube premiere honestly of anything but particularly eurovision stuff i just hide that chat immediately because like i don't need to see like 37 people going lazara is mother please stop describing pop singers as mother please or like instantly saying flop uh as soon as the first yeah it's just like give things time to breathe i guess the main question here do you think you've heard the winner yet I don't feel like I've heard the winner yet. I don't think so either. Like, I think I think there are some very interesting entries, and I think there are some fun Eurovision entries in the mix. But yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, like that that gut level feeling of like, oh yeah, we've had like a couple years where it hasn't felt immediately like yes, that's going to win. There have been like a few things in the mix. This year has felt quieter for all of the fandom carping, at, le- at least in this first half of things. Where like I feel like something could come in and be like, yes, this is happening. There are all those internal selections that are floating out there. One third of the field is going to be internal selections, and we don't really have eyes on what anybody's planning. Like, right, like Austria's keep keeping us abreast of the process. Cyprus and Greece sort of uh, letting us know what's going on, but like in terms of actual audio, it's like, all right, like we're we're waiting for it. But uh, I, I guess my takeaway from this is just like everybody, just calm down. Yeah, just, just calm down. We have. <laughs> We are halfway through this. We have another half to go. This is this is a marathon, not a sprint. So, like, save your energy. Remember, it's it's going to be fun. Like, keep it fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And when we have all 37 songs, you're going to find one that's going to be your favorite and that you're going to root for. Even if it's not the one that you would have selected from whatever national final it came out of, like, you're still going to be standing. I know you. You are standing yeah. right now. So- <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, like, just, again, just thinking of, of the, the marathon thing, I just said like right now we are at heartbreak hill all of the selections are happening and we are forming connections with these things and we are sad that they are not getting through but there's still lots of good stuff that is getting selected and we're finding people that we really like now and could come back next year or two years from now and an opportunity to get really excited about them again and yeah that's what that's what keeps this exciting and fun but Mm -hmm. just don't like don't burn out your fuel like you've got (laughs) it's 11 weeks until the first semifinal 
that's a long long time to it's go. a long it's a long time on the other hand if you do believe this is the worst eurovision ever then just like whenever they announce tickets just just hang back just let let those of us who would like to go and would like to get tickets to get in there that's the point of this lecture it's like yeah it is like put your money where your mouth is and let me buy tickets yeah. uh yeah so uh i i think that's enough whining from me uh, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about selection season for Eurovision 2023 on our website at Eurowhat.com. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash Eurowhat. Next time on the Eurowhat, we get ready for the back half of selection season.